Welcome to Connect for Men with James Easterling. A husband and wife are on a road trip to see his buddy. It's a beautiful afternoon. They've been in his truck for about two hours. The conversation has been great. Can't wait to see his buddy. Looks down at his phone and he notices that the signal strength, well, he doesn't have any signal. And his map, well, it's kind of gone out. So there's no directions. But he doesn't think anything of it because he figures, well, a few more minutes it'll probably come right back on. So they drive for about two more minutes and his wife notices a gas station and she says, hey, why don't we stop in there and grab a quick snack? Husband looks over, looks down at his gas indicator, thinks to himself, wow, it just came on. But I know my truck, it sips gas, we'll be fine. Besides, GPS on my phone is probably going to come back on any minute now too, so I don't need to worry about directions. Besides, men don't need directions. Turns back over to his wife and says, hey, that's a great idea, let's stop in there. So they pull off into the station, husband gets ready to get out of the truck, and the wife says, hey, are we going to need gas? The husband thinks for a second, nah, we're fine. Let me just run in and get what we need and come right back out. So as the husband goes in, the attendant up front rings him up, and just before he gets ready to ring him out, he asks the gentleman, are you going to need gas? The husband looks at him and says, nah, we're good. Just ring up those items and we'll be on our way. Okay. So then he comes back out to the wife, gets into the truck, and the beautiful journey continues. Well, about 15 minutes into the journey, they're starting to notice that there are very few cars on the road. On either side of the road behind them, they've hardly seen any. And then all of a sudden, his truck starts to stutter and spurt. And then it just dies. So he kind of rolls over to the side of the road safely, and he's sitting there with his wife. They're looking at each other, and then all of a sudden, his wife says, hey, did we run out of gas? The husband pauses and takes a deep breath, looks down at his phone, and he notices, wow, I still don't have any signal on my phone. Then turns back to his wife, no, we didn't run out of gas. Truck is just being and acting kind of funny. Let me see if I could start it up. So the husband continues to try, but the wife starts to ask questions of her husband. Hey, why didn't you get gas while we were at the gas station? Did you check everything? Is everything okay with the truck before we left? And then the husband starts to get flustered. And the next thing you know, they're into a lively conversation about what just happened with a whole lot of questions that he doesn't have answers for from his wife. And it's starting to get a little dark out too. And then, all of a the sudden, they stop talking. Well, we're going to take a moment to pause. And when we come back, we'll find out what happened. Now, let's get back to our story and find out what happened. So, we left where this couple is on the side of the road, and all of a sudden... They stop 
talking during this heated conversation. And lo and behold, a truck pulls up. Looks like a tow truck. Gentleman gets out, walks up to their truck, taps on the glass, husband rolls down the window, and the tow truck driver looks like the gas station attendant. So he tells him, hey, it looks like you are having some trouble here. And the husband says, yeah, we ran out of gas. The tow truck driver remembers the husband from the station. And he says, hey, yeah, I remember you. Weren't you the, well, anyway, let me go ahead and give you a hand and give you some gas so that you could be on your way. By the way, where are you heading to? Well, we're heading to Johnson City. Oh, wow, you missed the turn about two miles back. Well, then again, there really isn't any good cell phone signal through this stretch right here. So most people, they just try to continue to drive through it, figuring that the cell phone service is going to come back on to help them out with the GPS. The husband and wife look at each other, and then the wife says, well, he should have asked for directions. The tow truck driver and the husband look at each other and they scream out, men don't need directions, we figure it out. And of course the wife just looks back and shakes her head. Well, after the transaction's all said and done, the tow truck driver tells them, hey, have a great day. And oh, by the way, that's one of the reasons why my wife and I we move down to the next city. The husband yells back, well, why'd you do that? <laughs> Same reason why you're on the side of the road. Eventually, I had to start asking for directions. I am that man, you are that man on the side of the road that should have asked for directions. Let's talk about pride. It can be two-faced. For those of you that are Batman fans out there, you're really going to appreciate this one. There was a character called Two-Faced, and his face was kind of split down the middle with black side, white side. In other words, a good and a bad side. Let's talk about how pride is defined in Webster. The good side. Delight or elation arising from some act, possession or relationship. To give you an example, you often hear people say, I take pride in my work. Or you'll hear a bro say, I take pride in the way I clean my car. The negative connotation of pride, Webster defines as, the quality of having an excessive high opinion of oneself or one's importance. And the Greek meaning or Greek definition, one word sums it up, boastful. What are your pride blind spots? Has pride morphed into offenses? Pride is deadly for any relationship. Pride in a relationship says, I want things my own way. It's my way or the highway, right? Well, the Bible said, says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6. Now that word humble may not be a part of your vocabulary now, but 
we're going to get you there. And at the root of pride, you could have fear, you can have anxiety, it could be control. Mainly, the Bible says that we shouldn't lean to our own understanding, and that's in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. When we begin to lean unto our own understanding, pride deceives us into thinking we don't need to ask for directions. We can figure it out on our own. In other words, we become our own island, self-reliant, self-love, egotism, I come first. You don't need help. You don't need anybody. You can do it all on your own. Remember the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, who played Moses, and Hugh Brenner, who played Pharaoh? If you haven't seen it, eh, you can watch it on Netflix or Hulu. All you got to do is search for it, and you'll be able to stream it. Well, there's several great scenes in there that deals with pride. In the very first instance, when Moses and Pharaoh come toe-to-toe, when he, Moses comes to him and says, Hey, let my people go. And what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh decides to think on it for a millisecond. And then he starts giving all these reasons why he can't do that. It's going to impact their economy. Who's going to take care of building Egypt up without them? Do you expect our people to do that? Come on, Moses. So in essence, with that request, he turns Moses around and tells him, Dude, get out of here. I'm not having that. Well, how do we fix it? As men, we're all about fixing things, right? Well, again, we're going to start working on fixing ourselves. Or as I like to call, we're going to start building up our tool chest. So it's tool chest building time. So let's huddle up. Here's the three-step game plan that we're going to follow to make a change. Identify your pride blind spots. Take a moment and self-reflect. And it probably won't take you long to think of a moment when you got riled up when somebody challenged you about something that they were asking you to do, wanted you to do, or you just totally ignored because that wasn't something that benefited you. So you weren't interested. So let's talk about a situation with Shaq. Shaq, as we all know, great, great NBA player that's retired. But there was an interview with Shaq, and he tells when he started to run into some of those free throw shooting woes that kind of plagued him throughout his career. And he said it all started back in 1998. So kind of let's go back in time, high school, picture yourself dressed in a 1998 outfit. Maybe you want to go back that far, but anyway. Back in 1998, in high school, at a state championship game, Shaq and the rest of his buddies are there playing the opposing team. Everything was beautiful and looking Shaqalicious. But the score was tied at 98 to 98, and Shaq gets fouled with the basket 
with seconds to go in the game. What is Shaq going to do? Is he going to save the day? Do you know how it ended? He's at the free throw line. Everybody's standing up. They're cheering him on. Great expectations from his team. The other team, of course, is worried that, hey, we're going, we're going home. We're not going to win the championship. Shoots his first free throw. Goes to the rim. Kadunk! Or that blink sound that you hear. Bounces off and misses the first one. No problem. Shaq's going to make the next one, right? Shoots the next one. What does it do? Bounces off the rim. Everybody's yelling and screaming. The opposing team grabs the rebound. They race down the court with milliseconds to go. They take a shot, and it happens to be the winning what? Three-pointer. Does it go in? The crowd is on its feet. Everybody's running on the court. Shaq is not looking too happy because the other team just won the game. Yes, people, free throws matter. Well, Shaq had a career uh, free throw percentage of about 57%. And the interviewer asked him why he didn't shoot underhand free throws. And here's Shaq's response. And I can't do it in Shaq's voice, but you know that kind of deep voice that Shaq has. He says, it's boring. Excuse me. I'm too cool for that. And then the interviewer tells him, well, Rick Barry swore by it, and he's the fourth best free throw shooter in NBA history, dude. Well, in this case, did pride get in the way of Shaq possibly becoming a great free throw shooter? He had an awesome inside game. He was getting better as his outside game as well in his career. He did a lot of great things in the NBA. But if Shaq would have become humble towards advice that he was given to improve his free throw, who knows where Shaq may have been as far as possibly becoming one of the greatest free throw shooters of all time. Well, game plan number two. Let's start digging for the root cause of our pride. Whatever your pride point may be, really start digging through what's really going on, what's really at the root of why you're behaving or responding the way that you're responding. Do you feel, hey, I always need to be right? Why do I feel like this person is taking advantage of me? I'm not going to give in. And does that stem from fear, discouragement, anxiety? You may have even inherited from the family tree and don't even know it. But if you were to look back, for example, remember how Iron Man, the series, got started? Marvel's just a beautiful thing, the movies, etc. And then he started teaming up with the Avengers. Well, one interesting thing about Tony Stark's father is, and they give you some back history on him throughout the various movies, his father had his fair share of pride issues, and then that got passed on to his son. Where his dad refused that, hey, I don't need any help, Tony Stark took on that persona himself. So do you see the pattern here? Do you see any patterns in your life? Do you mirror pride behavior from other family members? Just thinking about looking at your own 
family history, your life. Third planning game plan point, replace your thinking. And that's going to require some practice, practice, practice. So here's three tips to pride recovery, to working towards that. Accountability. Find yourself an accountability bro. Now this is a great example of what that accountability accountability bro might look like. Remember Tom Hanks in the Castaway movie Great Blockbuster? Well, Tom Hanks had an all-time great bro. Does anybody know who that bro was that hung out with him the whole time he was on the island? Oh, I don't want to give away too much, but anyway, Wilson. That's right. Wilson the ball is an example of an accountability partner. He developed a relationship with him. He shared everything with him. He cried. He laughed. He talked about his vision for the future, etc., etc. You need to find that accountability, bro. And in return, you need to be an accountability, bro, to someone else to start building up your community as well. And that accountability, bro, should cover you, check you as well in a real just gut-wrenching moment was, remember in the movie how Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks finally gets a chance to get off the island and he's rocking and rolling with Wilson. This big storm starts to form around him. Waves are crashing. He's on this raft. It's barely holding on. And then all of a sudden, Wilson starts to what? That's right. Wilson starts to float away. He falls off the raft. Tom Hanks is just torn up about it. And I could still picture his facial expression reaching out to try to grab the ball so he doesn't come off the raft as well, screaming, Wilson! Wilson! Wow. That's the kind of bros that I'm talking about that you could just fall out. Remember how you used to fall out when you were a child because you couldn't get your way? But not quite like that. But that you can fall out with and you can express and you can share your victories, your hurts, etc. But your accountability bro is also going to keep you in check when that pride starts to rise and prevents you from the purpose that you are here for. Well, let's talk about taking, as a next step, taking those pride thoughts captive and how do I do that how do I really get my mind how do I get my my mind trained how do I train myself to cap to take captive those thoughts well 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 says we are to destroy speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Well, how do I do that? couple of points here. Take accountability for them. Take those moments that you feel that you're just starting to get fired up and you know that your pride's going to take over. Take accountability for that. Recognize that. Then start working on, number two, reprogramming your mind and the behavior will start to mirror it. Number three, pause rather than react. Hard to do when you get that pride starts to build up 
the rage starts to build up inside of you where you're like, I can do this. I don't need your help. I don't need anybody's help. Then number four is that you want to repent for the offense. So you're going to be offending quite a few people. So we want to work towards lessening the offense and taking, again, accountability for those offenses. Last but not least, refresh your mind as in working towards reprogramming how you think. Now, great way to go about doing this is focusing on doing the opposite behavior of what's normal for you right now. When pride starts to rear up its ugly head, where you don't want to do this, you feel you're better than this person, better than that, humility doesn't even come into account as to how you behave. So that's how we're going to start to get together and build what I like to call our toolkit or tool chest. And this is the beginning of building it. So again, think of how we stated the first thing we have to take a look at is identifying our pride blind spots. And think of that as taking this tool, which is this computer diagnostic tool that identifies our problems. Let's stick that into our toolkit chest. Next thing is identifying what those root causes are. So we're gonna have to go back into our mind, our depth of mind, and start to, what I call, use that excavator. I'm sorry, yeah, excavator, I'm pronouncing it correctly, where we're going to take that bobcat and we're going to start digging out some of those roots, root causes for why pride just seems to take over our life. We have to be willing to do that because otherwise, unbeknownst to ourselves, pride just hangs out with us. It grabs the pizza, it hangs out with us during the NBA Finals. It just spends all kinds of time with us, and we just think it's part of our bro team, but it's not. And then we need to think about replacing the way we think. So think of that as a master adjustable socket wrench tool. It adjusts to fit anything that's placed on it to remove it. I want to thank you your, for your listening support, and it's important to me. Tap or click the subscribe button. For those of you uh, that have a community that you'd like to share this podcast with, I encourage you to share it with your bros that you know this will help them. Rate this podcast as well. Leave a review. For those of you that are listening on the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message. Another thing that I wanted to share with you, great movie that's going to be coming out. It's called Kingdom Men Rising, and it's going to be in theaters April 29th and 30th. You can find out about where you can get tickets and what theaters that it's playing at at www, all one word, KingdomMenRising.com. Well, what is it about? Yes, I'm going to tell you. It's a documentary film exploring what it means to be a real man in the midst of cultural trends in which there is confusion about masculinity. And the film wrestles honestly with the unique questions and circumstances men face today. What we're going to be covering 
in the Connect for Men podcast. So if you got your bros, reach out to them, have a bro party, go check out the movie. I'm going to close with what I like to call a man's man challenge. A man's man challenge. And here's where we get a chance to apply what we've talked about in the episode to our everyday life, bros. It's kind of a confidence booster, and it's to help you to tear down what we're focused on right now. It's pride strongholds in your life. Number one, ask three random strangers for directions. I know, I know, I know. It turns your stomach, right? But you can do it. And you may know where you're going, so that's okay, too, if you want to go that route. But just the mere fact that you're asking someone for directions, that's what this first one's all about. Number two, ask for help to complete a task. Ew, I don't like asking for help, man. Well, guess what? We need to tear down that pride stronghold. We need to work towards humility and being humble. So ask someone for help, whatever that task may be. Swallow the pride pill. Take a protein shake with that, man. You'll be all right. That's the end of our journey. Please join me for the next journey on Connect for Men. Have a great day on purpose. And remember, you're not the only one going through what you're going through.